0: Hello! Welcome to Breaking and Entering. For the last episode of this second series, we'll unearth an interview from our former colleague Victoire barbard with Jeremy Banet, an ex-PIMCO manager who moved away from full-on management to become an academic conducting research on digital currencies at the University of California, Irvine. However, before that, he set a French food truck company with the idea of improving the fast-food-dominated hospitality scene in California.
1: Jeremy, welcome and thank you for joining.
0: Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, you made me blush a little bit.
1: <laughs> so Jeremy, i I'll start with this. Over the course of your career, you seem to have expressed an urge to explore options. And so in this episode, I would like to confer the different ventures you've taken up over time and discuss how your experiences have informed each other so far. And maybe we can start with the following. Three years after joining as an inflation specialist, one of the largest asset management company in the world, PIMCO, you left the firm temporarily and decided to launch in California a food truck business called Madame Monsieur. What sparked this idea?
0: So, you know, the idea came up with the, um, with discussion with some friends. Uh, so I, we, we moved to California and, and the, the food scene in California is, is really dominated by, by fast foods uh, to, to the point that sometimes a little gross. So there's this first observation. And then there's, there's the second observation that there is no French fast food. I mean, so there, there's a a uh, french uh, food scene obviously in california too uh, which is very uh, you know upper scale uh, plutocratic uh, in a, in in a way but there was there was really no popular french food i mean there's a few bakeries uh, but but there was no uh, nothing that kind of represented the the simpler part of uh, of the french uh, culinary culture so so my my wife and i were were deep into food uh, for, for many reasons, it's a, it's a part of our family culture uh, on both sides, and so we we thought that um, you know there, there was a there, there was a hole that that didn't make a lot of sense to us, and so um, and at the time you know food trucks were were becoming more uh, more of a thing, especially in uh, in California. Uh, I think from a business standpoint, it also makes sense because it was like look, you know, it's a small investment, so. You know, there's there's a famous book that's called the Lean Startup uh, that tells you that when you you start a, a business venture, you should always go uh, small. But so so we were okay. So let's 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 do a food truck, uh, and uh, and that was the that was kind of the starting point of the of the first uh, first uh, adventure.
1: And so, would you say would you say it was an investment investment call? Did you go into it thinking I'm going to make money?
0: So not really, uh, but most of the people around me thought I would. Actually, I, I had a funny conversation with a, a, a friend of mine. Uh, so we, we were vacationing together and I'm telling him, oh, you know, like, uh, so uh, I've, I've just left. So in the summer, when I just after I left Pimco, I left Pimco, I'm starting a food truck. and he say, oh, so you're you going to do like 100 food trucks? I'm like, no, I'm doing one food truck. He goes, oh, really? You start very small. I think most people thought that the, it, it would be a, a, a very ambitious, uh, let's take on McDonald's kind of thing. Uh, but but it wasn't. I mean, there's always a dream. So you know, when you pay, when you when you play the lottery, you always have the, the hope that maybe you're gonna win. So there was always a small chance that the idea is so brilliant that even though we have no experience and you know that, that it kind of grow uh, organically. I think Chipotle, you know, also started with like one, one, uh, one shot without the thought of becoming what it is. Uh, so there's there's that vague dream. But the no, I think the it was more um, about the experience, you know? It was more about, uh, hey, let's do something really different, let's see if it's fun. You know, it, it was worth a try for sure.
1: And so what's this? what would you say this relationship to hospitality and food? Because so without getting into a psycho sociological reading, there seems to be a certain traits among portfolio managers who've switched careers, because there's quite a few of them who, who turn towards either farming or food-related businesses. And there's, and there's another French guy, actually, uh, who launched in Paris, a restaurant, um, a Cog monsieur restaurant. And so it raises the question, what drives asset managers to get closer to food?
0: I mean, you know, I, I, I think food is something very, uh, very, very natural and organic, right? I mean, it's it's basically the, the, the first thing you're gonna enjoy in life, right? Uh, it, it, it relates to your, uh, again, you said not going to too deep into psychology but it relates to your mom and to your family so my, my grandmother actually wrote cookbook uh, and had the uh she, she she was the uh, editrice of cuisine um, event france which is a french uh, culinary review so you know it was a big part of the of the family culture but i think also it's something that you know my my mom cooked uh, my, actually my dad cooked uh, my dad helped uh, my grandmother, who's on the mother's side, write the cookbook. Uh, my other grandmother was also like, I mean, like, like food was always something that was about uh, your roots and, and something that's very generous and, and kind of selfless. And so it's, it's very appealing because, you know, I mean, you do finance, I mean, I guess you can, uh, you can find positive values in finance, you know, like uh, allocation of capital is something important for the economy, but the, the soul and uh, selfless uh, elements of finance are not very obvious. So you know, maybe you're trying to fill that 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 sort of hole that you create when you're in finance by by trying to do something that's kind of the opposite, that's um, really geared towards the the other and 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 something that's uh, that's more real and and and, and concrete, I guess.
1: Mm. When you mean more real or concrete, you mean?
0: Um... But there's nothing more real than food, huh? Right. Yeah. I mean, sadly, not not, not people are starting to realize it because. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you can see that, that that right now because of the of the coronavirus. I mean, especially in the US. I mean, maybe not in Europe, but but people are like really struggling for food. Yeah. Once you struggle for food, you know, there, there's there's nothing else that matters. I mean, there's there's nothing. I mean, it's your it's your first need. I mean, it's, it's survival. But but what's beautiful about so it's survival, but then there's some there's an, there's a cultural element at the same time, right? So we wanted to do French food. You know, we didn't want to just feed people for the sake of it. So I think maybe there's, there's something uh, poetic about it, which is, it's very real. You know, it's like uh, the most basic need, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it can be very, uh, you know, it, it tells stories, it, 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 it brings your roots back, it, it brings memories. You know, I mean, the, the famous Madeleine of Proust. Uh, it's both very real and, and also very uh, very spiritual.
1: And so, But yet, however, poetic and spiritual um, food is you still decide to let go of the food business at some point and then and then you go back to asset management for uh, you go back to PIMCO for five years right and then and we're jumping in time now you decide to exit the firm again and to pursue academic research
0: yeah, plot twist. So actually I went back to PIMCO before I left the, the food business. So I was, I was hoping I could do both at the at the same time. That, that being said, to be fair, when, uh, so, you know, PIMCO wanted me to come back. Uh, actually, you know, at, at, at first I, I was like, I was a little reluctant to come back, uh, to, to, to be honest. Uh, first I said no, second I asked if I could do like a, a, a part-time job because, you know, I, w- I wanted to preserve my, um, quality of life and my, my life balance, which uh, I felt like was, was, was getting better without being at PIMCO. But, you know, eventually uh, it was a new challenge. So it was kind of exciting. I mean, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I dream of economy, I dream of inflation, you know, even now. So, you know, it, 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 it's a big part of, of who I am at the same time. So I was hoping I could do both. Uh, and, and then, so I start I, I go back to PIMCO, we have the food truck parallel, uh, my wife is starting to uh, express uh, some uh, frustration with the, the food truck, you know, she, she, she said that it's, it's very, very hard. I mean, like hospitality in general, uh, I, I think a lot of people leave you know, the, the high value added service industry and, and try hospitality and, and get kind of uh, booted out. Uh, and that's, that's sort of what happened to us. I mean, it, it proved to be very hard. Uh, we, we never managed to even break even with the truck. I mean, people love the food, but to get to the price where people uh, were happy to to buy the food, then, then you have to make a compromise on the food, which we didn't want to do. And then at our price point, then, you know, it didn't reach the same population. Uh, you know, I think we were beginners as well. So, you know, beginners, they, they failed. I mean, I I think I, you know, it, it could happen that I, I will try again. Uh, you never know. I mean, Nisa, my wife, she won't, but. But uh, I, I, I told totally you would, I've, I've actually helped a, a friend start a cafe in, in London, uh, and he's the an next BNP guy, so he's also the next finance guy. But, but so anyway, so you know, uh, Pimco made a good, good offer, a good challenge, uh, I gave it a try, and, and I think why, why uh, have I left uh, five years later? So, you know, first I, I felt that I, I didn't have a, a lot left to, to prove relative to uh, at least uh, the PIMCO challenge. Uh, when
1: you went back, what was your, your title? What-
0: I'm running the inflation desk. So basically I'm the, the lead portfolio manager for everything that's uh, inflation-linked bonds, uh, a pretty big uh, big complex. Um, actually, I think w- we were the largest actively managed inflation-linked bonds complex in the world. Uh, I, actually, you know, it's funny because some of my friends were like, they, they they were puzzled because they're like, look, you you have like a really good job, you have a big job, uh, you seem to be able to do a lot of things, uh, kind of the, 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 the way you want. But but for me, the I mean, there was a lot of frustration and maybe like some values, uh, core values differences between between me and, and and people around. You know, I also felt like people in finance, not a lot of them seem very uh, content. <laughs> you know there's always a lot of frustration you know it's kind of funny like like everybody complains I mean everybody's always like you know at, at the end of the day uh, the the carrot is always growing, so you always have that that sort of illusion that uh, oh there's so, you know if I stay, what comes next it's huge you know i'm gonna be a, uh, i'm gonna make more money i'm gonna I'm gonna have more responsibility you know uh, I mean, it's a visible job. I mean, you're you're head of inflation at Pinco, You know, like like people know who you are. You 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 sit with famous people. You have debate with uh, central bankers and stuff like that. But so so there's this illusion of always more. But I, I, I think it, it it was an illusion at some point. And uh, and so I I reached the conclusion that um, if I wanted to be the the, the best version of myself uh, I guess I had to challenge me again. So, you know, the, there's always this idea. Also, I, I want to be challenged. Uh, the food truck was a challenge. Uh, going back to PIMCO in a way it, it was a challenge and now starting a PhD, like, uh, a regular student. So I'm, I'm a first year PhD. I mean, I'm sitting in class. I mean, well, now nights like, uh, zooms, uh, people are like 20 years old. So they have my age. Uh, you know they, they've been doing math for the last four years. They're, they're competitive. Uh, you, you know it's a very challenging environment, but it's it's really exciting because now I'm learning again. So I I, I think it, it it recreates that drive of you know curiosity, challenge,
1: and purpose as well.
0: But yeah, purpose for for sure. Yeah, no purpose for sure.
1: Mm. And so and and especially so since. Um, academic research produces new research. If you feel like you don't owe anything to anyone, you can even more so try to apply the, your research to given fields. And that leads me to uh, dig into what you're researching at the moment.
0: It's kind of funny because, so even towards the end at, uh, at PIMCO, actually I, uh, I started to have uh, an interest in uh, in Bitcoins, like uh, that's, like most people. I avoided the the disastrous decision of investing at twenty thousand dollars per Bitcoin, but you know I I did buy and sell a little bit of Bitcoins. I I, I worked with uh, one of my colleagues on 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 the technology of Bitcoins. Um, I think for me the the angle was always like I mean as an economist and as someone who's focused on inflation problems. So inflation inherently is related to money. Um, so you know like I mean what's a Bitcoin? I mean, it's, it's kind of fascinating and so. Uh, uh, three months ago, um, Julia Coronado is an ex-DNV colleague of mine. Uh, she has a, her own research firm. And, and Simon Potter is a, a next New York Fed who was uh, responsible for market operation. They, they, they wrote that idea. So they, 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 the idea was like, hey, we, we need a, a digital currency. And basically what it means is like replacing banknotes. And that's important to say banknotes. Replacing banknotes or to have at least a, a parallel system to banknotes that's matched directly by the, the central bank. And that's different. So I, I know people don't, don't necessarily always understand the, the details of what money is, but a bank note is very different from uh, the money you have at the bank, because the money that you have at the bank is the money that you have with the bank. So there's like some credit risk that's related to the, that money. There's, you, you, need, you need like a, a whole different infrastructure that relates to credit uh, to get that, that money. Digital currency is literally money that is issued by the government, but not through banknotes, so you know the usual twenties uh, and hundreds, um, but electronically. So one idea would be to use Venmo or or whatever, and so so that in itself is already like a, a pretty uh, fascinating idea because you're you know it, it it can it can be very disruptive for the, the whole financial system. And so the second idea that they have, and I think for me that's that's the maybe even more important idea, is that once you have the, that digital currency, you can use it to uh, to do uh, what you know what we call uh, helicopter money. So monetary policy usually they lower uh, or they raise interest rates. Uh, recently they've also done QE's, but QE's somehow are not like helicopter money. Uh, you don't really take away. The, the debt so there's there's some technical aspect to it, but also like the the so the so their idea is really fascinating because you create like a new monetary policy tool with the digital currency, and that tool can really help with a lot of uh, potential very negative side effects of the current uh, monetary policy framework, and so one one particular angle that for me is very important. So there's, there's two angles, but the, the, the most important one is uh, um, wealth redistribution. Most academics, they, they know. So the first, a- academia cares about wealth redistribution. It's probably the, one of the most important topics. So how do you optimize resources and how do you make sure that resources are allocated in a way that, that makes sense? Uh, so the allocation of resources is very important. The wealth distribution is a fundamental problem. And somehow in monetary policy, there's this kind of assumption that, yeah, maybe it's distorting it a little bit, but it can't be that bad. Coming from finance, I can say like with a very high degree of confidence that the current monetary policy framework has been mostly helping people in finance, people with assets. And, you know, everybody is kind of puzzled, you know, people go to Davos and they're like, oh, there's this massive wealth distribution gap, we have to work on this, you know, it's like this winner takes all curse. And that, that's true. But monetary policy has been extremely instrumental to, uh, to, to that reality. I mean, even now, and I think that's, that's why, I mean, so that we start to talk about this three months ago when it was kind of like a very theoretical idea that didn't seem very likely to happen. And then the, the coronavirus happens. And they, 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 they want to send checks to people because they realize that, you know, People might be starving, and you need to help them directly. And they didn't have the technological way to do it. And actually, so that at some point, there's actually there's a, a Senate bill that's that's uh, kind of backing this idea of creating a digital currency quickly, and then use it as a as a way to like do direct transfer to people uh, in those kind of very unusual uh, times. But for I think for me. I think it, it it should be a a bigger part of the of the framework. Not so. This crisis really exemplifies, well why it could it could it could be a game changer.
1: I was going to say, um, if you seek to rectify, I mean rectify, yeah, rectify monetary policies um, thanks to academia. I was going to ask, do you, like how how does your practical experience? because you've spent 20 years in the asset management industry, how can this experience help you um, even get the, your papers out there, you know, and like increase your...
0: So, so first, I mean, luckily, you know, uh, well, I'm a little bit of an outcast now maybe, but hopefully not that much that, uh, you know, my old colleagues or my old network won't talk to me. So I can see like even in class, right? So. And, and the thing that I really overlooked is like that, that experience that you talk about, you know, it, it gives you a lot of intuition. Even though a lot of what they describe is very theoretical, there's also all the things that, that, that you've seen and that you know. And, 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 so that, 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 that really helps you like kind of, you know, relate the dots. So, right? so, you know, in, in the end, it, it it's proved to be, um, easier than I thought. Maybe that's why now I'm a little bit more confident than I was. Like six months ago, I don't think I would have said like, oh, you know, I hope I'm going to have an impact on my policy. I think six months ago, I would be like, oh, well, I hope I can make it through the five years. But uh, so, so I, I think that intuition that I've built, you know, that, that institutional knowledge that I've built uh, as an asset manager, it really helps a lot. You know, there's, there's some element of the theory where, you know, asset pricing is very important in, in most of the economic models. Uh, sometimes they're very simple. It's just like, there is a world where there's like one household that produce everything, consume everything, but they still have a bond. They still need like to to be able to lend and uh, and uh, and borrow money to kind of smooth their consumption over time. So you know you, you still have capital. I mean, capital is is the, the second most important uh, input factor for production, and and the question of capital and return on capital is is very important for the the economic framework. And so. You know, when, when when you've seen the reality, it helps. I mean, monetary policy again; they have an idea of how it works. When you've seen the the other side, so the impact on the market, is how market responds, it, it also gives you a very different intuition of okay. So I can understand the the why you, theoretically you think that's how it is, but it's not. You know, like like in reality, it it it's not. I mean,
1: is there? Are you taking anything from the? entrepreneurial venture from the food truck?
0: So I think the food truck helped when I was at PINCO in 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 funny ways, because you know, you kind of understand, um, you understand things from, a, you know, from a different angle. So for example, you know, one, one thing that was really shocking, through the, the food truck experience, and maybe not in a positive way, but a lot of people are really not either not rational or sometimes even not ethical. And for me, being ethical is actually a rational thing to do. So, I mean, we we, we got into a lot of troubles with people where, where you're just like, wow, really, you would do that? I mean, that's I'm the person who built the truck, our truck, to save some money. So so you have to have like sprinklers in case of a fire. He put put the sprinklers, but he didn't put anything behind the sprinklers. So in case of fire, nothing would happen. Obviously we had a fire in the truck and nothing happened. I mean, and you're just like,
1: what do you think, nothing was behind it?
0: There were just sprinklers attached to the roof. No hose behind, no water. It was, not, <laughs> it was not connected to the water system of the truck. And maybe it's a mistake, you know? I mean, so we tried to sue him, obviously he disappeared. Um, I, I, he was just a shady guy, so he thought he would save like three, four ground doing that, and, and he did. anything he does because, you know, most of the truck's not gonna cut fire, and by the time they do, he'll be gone. So when I went back to PIMCO and, and Nisa started wanting to get out of the truck, so the, the kind of our cook slash manager uh, became in charge and we didn't have the time to babysit him. And so, you know, I thought like, okay, you know, easy. Make sure his incentives are aligned. So I went to him and said, look, as long as you can break even, everything that's above is for you because, look, I'm not trying to, to become rich with the truck. And, you know, I, I don't really care. Just try to break even. I want the brand to exist, you know. I, I, I want the truck to exist because you know it's a passion and I love it and and, and I believe in it. But every time you, you you make a profit, it's yours. So I thought like that's 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 that should work because it's a great opportunity for him because like all his life he was an employee, and I, he almost get the payout of a, an, an entrepreneur without like having to do the the original investment. Maybe he couldn't figure out how to to break even. Uh, but I also think that you know it just didn't really understood or responded to the to the incentives. I think a lot of the the idea of uh, rational uh, is uh, thats crazy. I mean, people just aren't like that. I mean, people people are emotional and complicated and and definitely not rational, uh, even when when even even when when facing economic problems. That that's that's quite amazing. So I think that. I mean, that, that would be one of the takeaway. And, and, and also so that in, in, in finance, though in finance, people are, are more rational and more calculated. Um, you know, I, I think we overestimate how, how much people respond to, uh, to incentives. I mean, some people do. I mean, some people are very greedy and actually they, they, they're, they're also irrational in that way that they care so much about making more money that they're gonna sacrifice their own life and, and, and time. And, uh, you know, the, the idea of how you, value your time versus you know the the money that you get for your time so economists have theory about that too you know you've got people that they just want they're just going to want more that's it and it doesn't matter like they, they they have that sort of obsessive compelling needs to always make more make more than others so actually economists actually are catching up on that that actually the the utility is not coming from how much you make, but how much you make relative to the next guy, which in finance is very, very true, which, I mean, is completely irrational. I mean, that's, that's actually crazy that you should just care about, you know, yourself and be content for yourself. Like, you know, it's, it's not a, it shouldn't be a contest. You know, like once you have what you need, I mean, especially, you know, if you have a family, you know, you're not in the business of, of, of being in the contest anymore, then you should start to be more rational about that. But some people aren't it's pretty amazing
1: so now that you've got all this great package and this new route um with academia where do you think it's going to take you what's your next challenge
0: well so for the next five years it's going to take me to reduce your mind so
1: yeah but you said you were ambitious
0: no i'm yeah no it's true so so you know it's kind of funny because you know part of leaving Pimco was about like okay this was the right Race, I'm off the right race. So I got to be smart about not getting back into another right race. You know, and I think we're very good at, at building those, those models where, uh, but, but then, you know, one of the hindsight of like, you can think of Okay. I think I'm done. You know, I, th- I think I'm done. You know, I don't have to, I, I can stop that. And now I can, I can have a more balanced uh, lifestyle. So I, I think whatever I do, I really want to make sure that the balance I have now as a PhD student, like, stays, you know, now that, that being said, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm ambitious, and but, you know, you want, you want to have an impact on the on society. Uh, I don't think they're empty words, I, I think they're, they're true, uh, maybe they're an illusion, maybe, maybe you're wrong to think that you're gonna have an impact, but you know, you want to have an impact. Um, and so, you know, it can be just staying in academia, doing research, being professor, which I think is a, uh, it's really amazing, like the, 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 the people at UCI, are very different from the people I used to, uh, to see around me in, in, in the financial industry. I mean, like, they're, they're more balanced, uh, they're more thoughtful, they, they, they seem to have like a really much better quality of life. So that's important. That's one path. I think the other path, uh, which probably, I think, throw away your, your life balance, you know, would be, would be public service. So, you know, like, like help, help the government, help the central bank, um, Applied the idea that, that I would develop as a as a as a PhD student, but but I mean, though I, I'm guessing if you're a central banker, um, you know your quality of life is, is still like better than you know on, on the private sector. But you know, I'm guessing it's it it you know it, it's hard to find the balance. So I think one, one idea is like like stay in academia. Try to make sure that that my voice is heard, so you can have an impact. Just being academic, uh, if your voice is heard, uh, if your research is good, um, or or going back to, to public service, you know, like like places like the IMF, the World Bank, and some banks, they really have an impact. So if you can, you know, help those institutions um, find better ways, more effective ways to to reach their goal, I think I think it's pretty noble.
1: It is. It is, and um, well, I'm looking forward to seeing that, whether it's academia or public service. Um, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining today.
0: You're welcome.